Information about the world of running, inspiration to fuel passion and excellence, and ideas for making connections and finding community. You're listening to A to Z Running. everyone and welcome to the A to Z running podcast where we help runners thrive. I'm Andy and I'm Zach and remember before you do anything else go to a to z running.com a t o z running.com and click follow in the top right corner and then of course for those of you who didn't do your homework last week you need to head to YouTube now and search a to z running for our channel so that you can subscribe because if you do you get the complete experience like seeing in action the show and we may occasionally be showing you some very interesting things those of you listening don't know what we're holding up right now so go to YouTube so you can see this and you can learn more about sidekick tool brought to you this week by sidekick yes this episode is sponsored this week and i've had the opportunity to use this eclipse and it's great for myofascial release and i've been struggling with some supination and this really helped me out in my achilles and my calves so it's scraping it's a scraping technique if you're familiar with the graston technique and the scraping action the idea here being that any kind of acid buildup any kind of damage in your muscles and a lot of that's intentional you know when we do like weightlifting we're damaging the muscles to rebuild them better well those build up some kinds of congestion and so the graston or scraping techniques are great ways to relieve that this eclipse tool is a very effective tool for that kind of thing mm-hmm. and we have something else to show you and too. my personal favorite is the fuse vibration therapy device check this out okay listeners you get the 4d experience here wow so that is the vibration therapy device in action and check this out i'm going to put it on my back and you can just see just how powerful it is so powerful so this is the thing (laughs) i i've I've not necessarily been one to pursue these kinds of things in my regular therapy work but now that i have i gotta tell you it's a part of everything that i do now like i take it with me when i go in the car Uh and we're actually especially like long drives where you're just sitting there for a long time put it under a hamstring put it under my feet behind our backs we're constantly trading it back and forth when we're in the car together and when I'm sitting in the office, which I, I work from home a number of days, as many of you do, and even when I'm not, I'm doing a lot of sitting. And this is a great thing for the kind of activation and getting the blood flowing when you're sedentary. And then, of course, pre and post run. Mm-hmm. When you need the muscle activation to get things firing well, these kinds of vibration therapy types of things, the fuse is a great shape so that you can get it in lots of different places on your back, on your hamstrings, and certainly any other muscles throughout your legs that are often hard to activate this can help and then of course post run for muscle Mm -hmm. relief and recovery those kinds of things so you definitely want these kinds of tools and this is so exciting everyone sidekick tool has given us the runner's bundle to give away to one of you three to one yes this is over two hundred dollars worth of equipment and if you go to our instagram at a to z running i'll have the details there But you're going to want to make sure you check that out. It's amazing. Thank you to Sidekick Tool for that. It's got the Eclipse. It's got the Fuse. It's got these stretchy elastic bands for like strength and resistance work, as well as some of the essential oil stuff that helps with the Fuse a lot. It's wonderful. And every one of you gets a discount. 
So every single one of you can get a discount at Sidekick Tool, and you can find that discount at Sidekick Tool slash A to Z Running, and it will Sidekick Tool dot com yes. slash A to Z Running, and that will automatically get you fifteen percent off wow. at checkout. So thank you to Sidekick Tool. And this week, if if you're not pumped enough, we have silver Olympic medalist Paul Chalimo on air with us. So exciting. And he's got, of course, wonderfully incredible things to talk about because he's done wonderfully incredibly things. But he's also got some super practical stuff. And to hear an Olympic silver medalist say patience and consistency is in the recipe for success. Mm -hmm. You've got to hear what Mm -hmm. he has to say. But before we do that, let's get to the world of running. Well, unfortunately, we burned the brownies this week. So (laughs) actually, I'm just kidding. We just ran out because I ate them all last week. But in the world of running, we've got some final exciting news from the track circuit of the year. So the final Diamond League in the track series this year was completed in Doha. And, and if you recall, that was where the world championships were last year. So if that sounds kind of vaguely familiar, that's why. Mm-hmm. And in this meet, some, of course, stellar performances once again. And I want to start off by just talking about some Australians for a little bit. Those Aussies on fire. <laughs> on fire. So you heard us mention Stuart McSwain recently because he set the Australian 3K national record in Rome just recently. And he was like fourth in the race or third or fourth in the race and still set the national record. Well, he's done it again, this time in the 1500 meters, setting the Australian national record and winning the race by two seconds in an elite international field. That's really impressive. Yeah, that's a lot. So he ran 330 in a 1500, which is roughly the equivalent of a 347 mile. That's so fast, you guys. So certainly uh, impressive race all around because the next four guys after him also all ran personal best times in addition to. Mm -hmm. But the second Australian that we want to talk about here is Jessica Hull. Yeah. And you've also heard us mention her a little bit this summer because this is, count it, her third national record of the summer as a matter of fact here's the stat for you from let's run jessica hall has become the first australian to hold all three of the 5k 3k and 1500 meter national records for australia and not only is she the first to hold all three she did it in 43 days time broke all three records so props to you jessica nice work so this time she did it in the 3k and she ran 836 for a 3k time which is a Astonishing, mm-hmm. and further uh, escalates the conversation to know that she was tenth place in the race. So that was a fast, fast race. race. Yes, crazy stuff. The race, by the way, was run won by Helen O'Beary. Faith Kipiagon, you've heard us mention her before because she was chasing that thousand meter record, and she showed how fast she can be in the eight hundred at this past race. She ran one fifty seven point six h eight, which is a world leading time. And what's more is she did it in the most difficult way possible. So if you're familiar with what it feels like to run an 800 meters, basically it's a dead sprint for distance runners. Mm-hmm. And she's a middle distance runner, so she can she can handle it. But you know, people like us, it's literally a dead sprint. And in most instances, the last 200 is just about the hardest moment in the race where people are dying, they're struggling, and it's like who can die the least is kind of the the winner's motto in an 800. 
Well, she didn't just not die. She accelerated so that her last 200 was her fastest of the run in a 28-second split, which is incredible. <laughs> I don't think I've ever even run a 28-second 200-meter. Yeah, probably not. True actually, confessions, not. everyone. True confessions. So everyone's talking about now, is she a threat for the 800-meter, 1500-meter double mm. in the Tokyo Olympics? And the answer is yes. If she chooses to do them both, she is, in fact, a threat. And they actually broke it down to see, would it be a convenient double? You know, meaning how many times do you have to race and when do you have to run those races? Because it would be awful if you had to run them back to back or something. And the answer is she doesn't. If she were to do that double, she only has to one run one race every day, which is doable. So that's it's exciting. doable, everyone. Okay. Our track nerdiness is on going but we've got some more to talk about because the london marathon is next weekend yes next weekend already and there was some pacing announced and elliot kipchoge and bekele they're going to be going out in 60 minutes and 45 seconds that's what they have identified their pace setters as going so for a half marathon which is a super elite world-class time and they're going to try to do it Two times back to back. Yes. That would be a world record as noted and would be incredible. Um, now the the question is how many try to do that with them? Mm -hmm. Because this is not a slim field. As a matter of fact, there are three other men in the field who have run under 204. One of them has run 202.55. And just uh, to hear me botch a few names, Massanet Garamu is the 202.55 runner. And then you have Mule Wasihun and Sise Lima who have also run under 204 so this is incredible stuff yeah and there's going to be a couple other pace setters so there'll be a group that will actually go out at 62 minutes and then again at like 64 i believe <laughs> so i mean it's all really tight there but i mean this is a big difference in the end game because this is close to that world record very exciting stuff one other thing coming up in october it's been announced that in a 10k in valencia spain on the track Joshua Cheptegay is going for it again for a yeah. new 10K world record, which after breaking the 5K world record that everyone thought was nearly impossible, everyone's starting to wonder if he probably can't do it. So we're going to see and very excited to follow that as it unfolds as well. Well, speaking of excitement, like I mentioned before, we do have an Olympic silver medalist on air today, and that is Paul Chalimo. So Paul Chalimo, in what might have been one of the most dramatic medaling experiences ever in 2016, won the Olympic silver medal in the 5,000 meters, which is definitely his specialty event. And we get into a little bit of that drama as we're talking with him and kind of hear from him firsthand what that experience was like. I'm not going to give it away here, so you got to keep listening to hear more about that. But it should be noted as well, Paul Chalimo's got some other grand things like a bronze at the 2017 World World Championships, and he's won some U.S. championships. One of my favorites, which I do bring up with him and, and mention, is when he took off in the, in the U.S. Championship 5,000 meters, he took off solo the entire race, buried the field, and basically just told everybody, like, 
you can't keep up with me and then proved it. It was incredible. I love to see a brave and daring race like that one and exciting to follow his career. I did mention to him as well that it was exciting to see his career begin because we were actually there when he first started running collegiately Mm -hmm. in the NAIA. He ran one season or one year in the NAIA. And so it was exciting to see him dominate there and then realize maybe the NCAA had some more opportunity for him and, and proceed to continue to be successful yeah. from there too so, so now he runs for the army and also obviously team usa when he makes those international teams so having run in that army program which we don't talk about a lot on here but we've been really excited to see how that program has been able to help a lot of international runners gain some u.s level experiences as they're trying to move in the path to citizenship which is what they help them do which is awesome and now currently running professionally for nike mm-hmm. without further ado our interview with paul chalimo Paul, thank you so much for coming on the A to Z Running Podcast. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having you guys here. So I got to say, before we say anything else, how excited I am to talk with you on a number of reasons. I mean, all distance runners in America know the name Paul Chalimo and are really excited by your career and your accomplishments. But I also have to say, in it was back in 2010, 2011, when you ran at Shorter, if you even remember that experience, right? I'm sure you do in the NAIA, right, Paul? And I ran in the NAIA at the time and saw you as, you know, as your first year there with Shorter and just thought, this guy is something special. And then here we are. This is, I mean, we're looking at nearly 10 years later from that moment, getting a chance to talk with you. So really exciting. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, I'm glad you know that. I'm glad you know that it's been a journey, you know, like 2010, uh, that was a long time, 2010, 2011. And, um, I remember that was in Indiana, Wesleyan, like Indiana University, uh, when we had the Nationals, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I still remember. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. So we want to thank Jason from Sidekick for connecting Paul with us for the podcast. Um, So we do want to ask you about what Sidekick tool you use most often. Um, I really love the Muscle Scraper, especially like it's coming handy this year because um, uh, with the with uh, the COVID regulations and COVID-19, I'm not able to get massage as much as I could, you know, like it's been like since, it's been since March, you know, since March till today, I've never, I haven't got, I haven't been able to get a professional massage. So the best thing that I use is the tool, the scrap, like this, uh, the scraper tools. So we've been using them now too. And I do think it's so helpful, especially during this time where we can't get to use body care. Um, you know, there's, we can't get massages like you were saying. So very valuable. Yeah. So the scraping tool is my favorite, but uh, they have a lot of products, you know, they have um, uh, exercise bands, you know, they have uh, uh, like a lot of tools, like they use the vibrating mechanism, you know, like to relax the muscles. And I mean, definitely, when you go out and check their website and everything, that's when you're going to check and see what fits you best, you know, because everyone is different. For me, it's a, it's a scraping tool because it's really good, especially for like when I have knee problems, like with the knee, I just scrape it around the knee and it's gone. So mm-hmm. it's the best. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, there are so many things that we could talk about with you today. Obviously, Paul, you are the expert, the champion. You um, are a legend in American distance running. And so today we do want to talk to you about patience and consistency. And you had said something in an interview, something that you'd say to yourself, like back when, maybe even pre-2010 when we were talking about for the NAIA. And Zach, will you read that for us? 
So on this article, Paul, you wrote you wrote this. I think it was for World Athletics, if I remember correctly. And I love the the letter to my younger self kind of idea. You know, giving yourself advice. And um, there's a there's a theme here. Obviously, you wrote it, so you know that. Um, and just throughout that idea of patience and consistency, and you kind of you you spell out your journey through your running career here with that theme. But you started off the first sentence here. You say you may not yet have fully discovered the importance of patient patience and consistency, but I promise that over time you will find the value in both. That's so deep. That's so good. <laughs> so you were talking to your younger self. Would you say the same thing to other runners? Yeah, definitely. Because, uh, you know, running is very, is very, very complicated. It can be complicated. It, it would look, it can look so easy, you know, it's just wearing shoes and getting out out the door and run. But then when it comes to top level and, uh, because every other workout, every other run is really important. So, um, it's so easy to really want results real quick. It's so easy to try to cheat and dope. And, uh, also it's so easy to like, um, to like think like today, you're just going to start running and one year after you're going to get the results, you know? And since when I was young, I, they, when I started running, I was being, I was always told like, you're going to have success in running after five years, you know? Already you're running and the professional runners are telling you like you have to wait for five years. You have to be consistency and be patient for five years. You know, that's, that really needs a lot of patience and consistency just to get there. So, and uh, it's been a success, you know, like already, like it's, you talk, you, Zach, you talked about NIA, like it's been a journey, you know, it's 2010, 2010. And I wouldn't even think I would be in this position. You know, I remember 2010, when we were having conversation and talking about like great goals and future goals, you know, I was, um, I was talking about like 1305, 5k PB, you know, but now 1305 is, it doesn't do me any good anymore, you know? So it's, it, it goes to another point that I have to run 1250 or better. And that's my next big goal. And after that is we're talking about the world record and, uh, so uh, that's just about a lot of patience and consistency and just generally everything about running is, it's, it's, it, it revolves around that. So, and um, that's all I can say, you know. <laughs> you know, a, a good example from your experiences, Paul, was uh, in a kind of a microcosm here was 2016, right? So let's, let's bring it back to Rio for a minute. And after the race, and you wrote this in your letter to yourself, uh, you said you will earn some major medals, but you may also have to show a bit of patience before those medals are confirmed. Referring to that time in Rio when you you won the medal, and then they said you didn't get it, and then you got it back. But that you know that period of time in between when you thought you had lost it and having to just experience that wait. You know you appealed the process, so you now you're waiting to find out if the appeal came through. Describe for us what it's like to have to be patient in a moment like that. You know, it's been a journey. You know, I started running 2008, October, and um, 2009, October. I mean, 2000, yeah. So 2009, October, November, actually November. That's when I started getting serious. And that's when I came to the U.S. And you saw me 2010 already performing really well. And um, it was just a matter of just a year and, and so. And uh, I knew I was so talented. 
just generally like I felt that in, in me and I always have goals and I always have plans. And uh, I was talking to my friends in 2008, I was talking about being in the Olympics. 2008, I was talking about 2008, I was just thinking about the Olympics 2008. And it looked, it didn't make any sense at that point, you know? So it was so weird and, and, and eight years down the line, I mean, the Olympics 2016, you know, it's, that's a lot of, it takes a lot of patience and consistency and to have goals and um, getting to the Olympics, being told, especially in the live TV that I'm disqualified, you know, I was so excited thinking they're going to ask me about the race, how the race went and how everything played. And all of a sudden this guy tells me, do you know, you got this disqualified and this was a dream come true, you know, and really, I don't even think like, I don't even think I'll have any, any energy and gas to run anymore after that, if I got this qualified. Because honestly, that would look like a scam to me. It wouldn't, look, it wouldn't, it wouldn't even look real, you know? I would just feel like I, I got robbed 100%. Because think about it this way, distance running is, it's, it's no brainer. As long as you don't pull the other competitors, as long as you, as long as you don't cut through the, 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 the track, it's all about the engine, what type of engine you have, you know? And, mm-hmm. and trust me, even if, they, even if those guys had a head start at the Olympics, yeah? and I start like, let's say five seconds later and close the gap, still I would have the same, same results, you know? So um, honestly, like it didn't make sense to me and I'm glad it was, revi- it was, it was reversed and, um, it, it's, it just takes a, a lot of patience and consistency. And I always want to thank Lagat, you know, because Banner Lagat, mm-hmm. that's why Banner Lagat is my role model because uh, one of the big things that happened was that Lagat was sixth place and he was bumped from sixth place to bronze medal. And, and Lagat wasn't selfish. He figured out, he said like, okay, I'm going to get a medal, but the U.S. is losing because the U.S. is going to take bronze instead of silver. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Lagat said he doesn't deserve it, you know? So that makes me respect that guy a lot because he's in a situation that he knows it's, it really matters, even the medal matters more to me than even him because he, before that he had a lot of medals. And, and honestly, like, it, that taught me a lot. And honestly, if I get to this point and few years down the line, something else happens to someone else, I would love to do to give back and do the same thing to someone else because it's it's about making dreams and not being selfish. So that's just uh, what happened. And and it was when I was um, when I was um, reinstated, I was in the hallway, like I was at the hallway, just sitting down with my coach, and I was just like, I didn't even believe. I don't even. I, I didn't even. It was just different. And all of a sudden, a random guy just comes to me and says, are you Paul Chalimo? So you got to instead, let's go for the medals standings. <laughs> you know, you got to go get your medal. And honestly, like once I got reinstated at the old way, like the celebration that I had was even way more better than when I finished the race. Like I was jumping up and down and everyone was like, dang, this guy, I was jumping up. <laughs> And guess what? The first guy I meet saying congratulations to me is Ishamel Garuj. I never met Ishamel Garuj before. 
and the first guy I meet is Isham El Guruj. And, and since then I've been meeting him. It's, we've been friends. I've known him that well. And so it's just, it's just been a journey. So, yeah. That's, that's incredible. That, and that, and that moment too, the moment when, you know, in that sense, when patience pays off and, mm-hmm. and it comes back to you, that's that, And it makes it even sweeter. Yeah. You know, like you said that that moment was even more grand because you had to wait for it. You had to be in the waiting. So I think that that's really profound too. I guess going along that same line, um, how do you think patience and consistency, like as uh, virtues, make the journey sweeter for you? Like the training and the racing and the whole process? Yeah, I really love it because it's something that I enjoy. And when you when you do like something, when you're patient and consistent, you get the results eventually, you know? You're going to get beat down. You're going to go down to the low, like to a point that you want to quit. But always that's something I've learned in my life. Like always, and my life has always been a life of second chance. And always, if something doesn't happen the first time, like if it doesn't work the first time, always the second time it has to work. So, so I live through that and I just uh, keep going about that because my life has always been about that. It's been about patience and consistency and about second chances because I, going back when I was in middle school and everything, I was the last guy to get promoted from it's class seven. So to the middle with class eight, which is middle school to get promoted to middle school. I was the last guy, like the cutoff guy. I remember I was like 70 something place, the last guy. And I had the bad grades and the second chance came when I was transferred to a better school. And I was able to repeat the class and I came out successful. I got into a good school, but then I was carried into the peer pressure. I wasn't even studying anymore in the new school. It was a good school. I took it for granted. And then I had to transfer to another school. And that was, that was the second chance. And I performed well. And, and the journey was just like that. And I performed well. And, and then I, I came to the U.S. And then when I came to the U.S., always it's been like second chance. You know, I moved from Shorter to UNCG. And that's when my life changed, you know. So, because that's another second chance. And now I joined the army. I was in the dub, I was in WCAP and I was able to get good sponsor with Nike. Nike supports me really well. And that's the second chance, you know, coming from the army into Nike and getting all that support. That's the second chance. So you can tell me like, it's a lot all about patience and consistency. And that tells me like life is not about taking shortcuts or being like too greedy. Just, uh, take it day by day that's incredible and, and and it's it's so great to hear you explain that journey you know that that life experience paul because it's really easy you know when you think about from our perspective the audience members who who watch you in your finest moments you know see you shine on the on the international stage and like i remember the u.s championships when you just took off from the gun in the 5k i can't remember what year my apologies but you took off from the 5k and just gunned it the whole way and just left this field behind you and everyone's sitting there thinking like this is paul chalimo you know this is incredible and you see those moments as someone who's just watching you know just spectating on your life if you will but you don't necessarily hear or see all the years and all the toil and you know all the trials that go into what makes you who you are in those great moments. So I really appreciate you sharing those thoughts too. 
Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a journey, you know, like 2018, that was a great race. And and uh, already I'm thinking about another great race, you know, always I don't I don't relax. I don't I don't. Maybe like two years down the line, it might be another great race again. So that's not the last one, you know. So I always love doing good things and making people like excited and seeing different things all all through. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So our, our audience, our, our runners who, who love the sport, you said you love running, Paul, and um, you know that lesson of we need to be patient in training you know, as we're working towards some kind of performance goal or some kind of uh, running goal in general. We need to be patient in training because you, know, you, you don't want to be at you know, the idea I always articulate to people is you don't want to be at your peak fitness week one of a training cycle, you know, because then, then you're going to you know, burn out or you're going to get flat before the end. You know, you want to be at your peak fitness when it's time to race. And so we try to explain these kinds of ideas to people when we just think about, you know, what does it take to execute training in patience and consistency over time? So if you could share just one more thought with us, Paul, what is, what is a good piece of advice for athletes who are trying to figure out how to balance training, you know, balance in the sense of work hard at, you know, the workouts you're trying to do, work hard at getting in the, the mileage and those kinds of things. But, you know, knowing that I, I have to work toward a goal that's down the road. Any other advice for people about how they can think about their training and make sure that they're doing those kinds of things well? Yeah, that comes by just that, that, that comes down to, again, patience and consistency. You know, that's why I be, that's why I believe in that a lot. Um, you know, training training you know you don't want to be a workout warrior and then when it comes to the race you know you're like back there but during workouts you're way way on the lead you know and that's always my mentality you know when i go to workouts and and uh when i do workouts i do workouts just uh enough to get the fitness and to be strong and to and um challenge myself you know, but I don't go all, all out, you know, mm. I just make sure I challenge my body as long as I'm putting it 80% or 70%. That's what I need. And, uh, you know, it's, you're dealing with a human body, you're dealing with someone who has blood, you know, it's not a, we're not talking about a machine. You don't use like oil, engine oil or, 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 or gas. Mm. We're talking about being who has blood and, and definitely there's a, there's something called fatigue. So um, the main goal here is to just to be consistent, really, really consistent. Listen to your body when the season starts. You know, like you have to, you have to prepare before the season starts. It's not the time to start worrying. It's the time to execute the goals that you had in mind. But earlier during preparation, like right now, when everyone is thinking about racing so fast, you know, and everything, for me, I'm just thinking about being consistent, doing the best things that I can do, like making sure, like um, making sure that I get proper buildup before I start doing like really, really fast stuff, because that's how you get injured. Because when you try to do just too much too soon, the big thing that you're always gonna get is Achilles issues. Achilles yeah. tendon, always, it's something that I've always learned. If you just play, do something that you don't know what you're doing, like trying to go crazy, you know, like the thing that stares you, it's just a kilo, a kilo tendonitis. So I try to 
be smart and avoid such situations. Try to be really, really consistent and um, tone down when it comes to before a big race or when the season starts. That's when I start running fast and some workouts, I'm going to use it to gauge my fitness, see where I am fitness-wise. And um, just generally, like, be patient and especially, like, mileage, you know, just do the best mileage, like a threshold that really works for you. You know, there's people who do a lot of mileage. But for me, I always have a threshold. If I go to 100 miles a week, I know that's my limit. I don't go past that. Because when I go past 100 miles a week, that means my workers are going to suffer. Mm-hmm. You know, the workers are not going to be, uh, like, good workouts. You know, I just think about quality instead of quantity. And that's to one more of my main goals. You know, if if... If I don't feel good in a workout, okay, it's time to drop out and just recover for the next workout. But just pushing your body every day, it's not, it's, it doesn't work. It doesn't do you good, but just breaks you down even more. And and the goal, big thing about running is just thinking about long term. And that's what is my mind always, long term. You know, I'm always talking about two, 2008. I mean, 2020, 2028 LA Marathon, you know? That's the Olympics 2028 in LA. You know, there's people who have not thought about that, but my mind is already set. It's there already. So um, that's just that. It's just about patience, consistency, and um, and just know, like, if running was easy, you know, everyone would be, champ- would, be would be a champion. So, yeah, definitely. That's awesome. I love your confidence in the eventual success based on your work. I think that that is a really amazing ability to have such vision because I think a lot of us um, can become discouraged about little things like a workout that our body is not uh, not there for or maybe going 70% and then being like, I should have gone 100% for this workout because I would have been with this person, you know, this other person who I want to be competitive with. So I think that that is a, an amazing um Obviously, you're the professional. That's a maturity of a professional that all of us can learn from being able to have that long-term vision and confidence in the work that we're doing. I think that's a really great point. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much, Paul. Thank you for sharing from your knowledge, your experiences, from being vulnerable vulnerable about your life and you know where you've been. I think it's so important for those of us who you know enjoy the sport to see and hear the stories of, of those who have been successful around us. You know, I, I think that uh, one of our big goals when we try to do things like this and have you on here is to share um, so others can learn from your experiences and see your passion and be excited about mm-hmm. the sport. So thank you. Definitely. Well, we'll continue to keep our audience updated on all of the things that you are doing coming up. And um, we'll link to that in the show notes, which is a to z running.com slash episode 52. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for having me. You know, it's it's amazing. And uh, always feel free. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm always open to do even more, you know. Definitely. Well, thank Thanks you. so much. How about that? Paul Chalimo. Andy, what, what do you think? I just find it so refreshing to hear from him how he doesn't need to prove himself in workouts and that he can show up to a race and be confident, but know that in his training, giving 70% and then being able to recover is better than going 100% every single day. 
So my coaching from Barry McGee has taught me that in a, in a really convenient kind of mantra, which is if you race your training, you'll have no race left for your race. Is, mm, I, I kind of like that. He, he said that to me in an email and I was like, oh, pinning that one. <laughs> so, yeah, we really appreciated that conversation with Paul and being able to see a glimpse into the highest possible level and how important that kind of consistency over time is. Now, I do want to bring up because a lot of people look at Paul Chalimo as the guy who just goes hard all the time because his his motto is go hard or suffer the rest of your life. Now the question is, how can that be true at the same time as the advice he was giving us? And the answer is actually really important because the concept of, and he talks about this in the interview, he just doesn't say it exactly this way because I didn't think to ask him to say it exactly. You know, what's the question here? Well, the point here is to go hard does not mean that every time you put on your shoes and you run, you're going as hard as you possibly can because that's not smart. Mm -hmm. So you have to train intelligently, but you, you have to be all in you have to be committed to that end goal and Mm -hmm. what it's going to take to reach that and it's so important to understand that process so that when we say it's we got to go hard and we have to go after this we have to understand what that means and what that looks like every day in every specific kind of workout so that when it's time and you see this in his races remember what we mentioned that 5k in the u.s championships when he just went out he went out hard and he buried the field from the gun that is proof of Paul Chalimo who he is as an athlete he does what it takes to get to that point to be able to go hard like no one else mm-hmm. great wisdom from Paul uh, we'll have ways to follow uh, Paul Chalimo in our podcast episode which is a to z running.com slash episode 52 we have been on air for a year one full year. Does that make you feel like old or something? A to Z running is just one year along. old. So that's why it's even more exciting that we have this giveaway from Sidekick Tool too. So make sure you head over to Instagram at A to Z running and enter to win. Get the runner's bundle from Sidekick and remember that you can still get 15% off anything at Sidekick by using sidekicktool.com slash A to Z running. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll talk to you next week.